Record? Okay, we're recording. All right, now we're going to do a little intro. Welcome back to the Jordan Phoenix Show. Thank you for being here with us. It is my pleasure to introduce my friend, Justin Harris, owner of The Hop Shop. There he is. Now, and co-owner, you own the yes. place with your brother, Ryan, not Harris. What is it? Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. Yeah. Both, most importantly, Limburg High School alums. Taking oh, the city shit. over. Is he, Ryan's younger than you, right? Like yeah, two, two years. years two so, years. Yeah, oh, yeah. Seven. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. I've thought about this. I think I should just change this podcast format to the Limburg High School alumni. <laughs> Dude. I'm just start. I'm only having really friends, but as you realize, like a lot of friends do come from high school, and um, yeah. I think it's uh, it's just easier to have a conversation with somebody that you have like those weird formative years of you know exactly four four years. I mean, you go from being a kid. To like doing some man shit, you know. What I mean, <laughs> yeah. you could let your mind wander what that is, but I think you become you have your you know your bar mitzvah, your bar mitzvah in uh, in high school, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like definitely a certain level of connection there. That's, I mean, it's just familiar. It yeah. just feels very familiar. I mean, there's like kids smoking cigarettes legally. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like seniors, and then there's like like freshmen that are you know what i mean like that haven't hit puberty yet and you're yeah. like that's a wide that is like you're <laughs> taking people yeah. yeah and it's what's crazy to me is whenever like you know when people are fucking you know and mm -hmm. it's like a senior and like a freshman right and you're like that's i know technically that's legal but well, like risky business <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um dude okay so i'm so excited that you're here because so we ran into each other at a little uh, the grand reopening of the Tenderloin Room, which, mm -hmm. of course, you are fucking homies with everybody in the culinary world because you're providing the fucking the liqueurs <laughs> of, uh, well, I guess the beers of, uh, do you guys sell only beer? No, so uh, we've we've sold spirits for a while now. Um, for the first couple of years, my emphasis was like, uh, beers, obviously, and ciders and meats and things like that. Yeah. But over, like, Really, since 2019, since the beginning of this year, we've started to incorporate, like, wine into the shop. Really? Um, obviously, a lot of places are starting to do craft spirits, craft canned cocktails right. and things like that. And so we've been starting to incorporate more and more stuff into the store. Have you noticed that it's, um, like, beer is kind of, like, on a, like, a lull down a little bit? And it's, like, being replaced by, like, well, weed. But, um, but, but like... The seltzer waters and like you see those trends. They're, they're like beer companies selling this stuff, but yeah, yeah. Um, and it like honestly, you see those trends, but then you also see those trends like seep into the craft beer world, right? Because like a lot of times, like you start off with like the White Claw, or whatever. Which I'm not even sure who owns White Claw, but it's one. Isn't of that the, funny? Nobody knows what it is when they drink the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the big boys, um, but. Of course, they identified that that was something, and it's all like it's all a circle because you started seeing first like you have like your Michelob Ultra, yeah, and it's like oh, super light, low calories, low carbs. You can have it after a marathon, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the craft beer world was like, okay, like 
all right, we want to pick off, off off that demographic. Yeah. So like we'll create like we um, can make a water yes super beer. yeah super light like fruited <laughs> sour yeah and then then the big boys is like okay we're gonna take this step further and do a seltzer water right and then now like a lot of the, like you're starting to see more and more uh, microbreweries and craft breweries do seltzer water yeah and it's like. Hey, the margins there. We can we can do right because they look at it. It's it's not like it's secret. You can yeah. just look at what people are doing. The trend. I was at a party the other day and people showed up with Natter Days. It was all natural light, but none of the, first of all, adults drinking natural light didn't think I would ever see that again. <laughs> yeah, but then, I left those days alone. <laughs> also, none of it was actually Natty Light. It was all like Natty Light seltzer. Different fucking flavors. They have multiple flavors of that, and then they have the fucking pink lemonade Natter Days like. Yeah. It's wild. You start realizing it's not, it's all just like diff, it's the same shit in different cans, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, and like you see that throughout the craft beer industry, like you see so much innovation or just like people trying shit. I yeah. mean, we've had, we've had beers that like literally was brewed with um, pubic hair. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Actually, very close. That's a whole other <laughs> oh, story. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, what's the Flintstone cereal? Like the Fruity Pebbles. Oh, Fruity Pebbles, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, you can taste it, you can tell, and no it was way. like still like little floaties in the cereal because I mean, in the beer because, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they filtered it out but yeah, as much yeah. as they could. A little bit in there. And it was like, and it was fire. It was really? an IPA. Yeah, no, it was fire. <laughs> I love seeing all those weird fucking IPAs, and yeah, where they're like, uh, still to me, I just saw it the other day, the chocolate milk stout, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know what to think about that. I've never tried it, but I just love that it exists, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't really like stout beers, but, like, I would. Dr- I love chocolate milk. So, yeah. like, I love that they're – yeah, and then, and it's, like, six different things, apparently Fruity Pebbles. Um, what, are, what are other weird um, things you've seen oh, sans man. pubic hair? Uh, Fruity Pebbles, I've seen I, this one brewery – Brew this. I didn't get to try it. I just like seen it on their IG. They brew this beer with like uh, I seen one brew with like Chick Fil A. It was like a chicken and waffles or chicken something beer. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got like your pastry styles that have every like brew with donuts and I mean, honestly, whatever you want to throw in there. Yeah, you and you kind of just there. taste it like on the back of the palate. Is it like kind of like a finishing thing or like when do you feel like you're? When are you like, oh yeah, that's chicken and waffles? Um. Yeah, it's like just kind of throughout the beer. It's like it's not like taking a bite out of a piece of chicken yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Most of the time, it'll be like something you'll maybe get like the breadiness from like the uh, like what the like crust will taste like, and yeah. then like maybe sweetness from like a maple syrup or something, which would represent the waffle, right? Something like that, or you know, like the donut ones, the pastry stouts are really you can really taste it because it's already like super viscous, and so. Like all of that stuff that's in there is like, you, you taste it. Yeah, that's wild. That see, okay, I have a problem with this whole craft beer thing because I'm just too much a lightweight to like handle it, you know. So I'm like, oh, I want to try. You know, you go to like a um, like to a brewery and you're like, you know, I want to take a couple. I want to try a couple of these fuckers. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and you're like, they're like ten percent alcohol. I can't drink five beers. I drove here, you know. Yeah. So you're like, I could like before you could easily have two beers. And you're like, you're good. I can drive wherever. I could drive a fucking race, you know? 
now, like one, that second yeah. beer, you're like, <laughs> I better get some food to eat. For sure, for know? sure. Like, I'm trying to, I, we got so many styles on draft right now. I'm trying to clear, like, the draft line. Yeah. And just, like, start over because, like, we got six taps and <laughs> none of them are below 10%. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what will you put in there in the place of it? Uh, so most of our stuff is based off if we have events coming up and then just availability. Mm. So I try to keep a nice, like I try to typically have a diverse array of beers on draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had like, we just had like damn near back to back events with breweries where it's, it's like stout season. They're all pushing their stouts. Yeah. yeah. And so, so like we have a lot of them on tap and it's like super fire shit. Yeah. But at the same time, like. You know, you gotta have you gotta have something to break Some, it up. You right, know what I'm right. saying? It's like it's like thirteen three, fourteen point nine percent, fourteen percent, eleven percent, ten percent. That's wild. And then the five percent beer that I had blue last night. So I was like, mm, damn, I gotta get some more beer. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I love to start with. It's kind of like taking a shot to start your night out. Like I love mm-hmm. to start with a high percentage. And then I back it off real quick because yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And by the end of the night, I'm drinking stag. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, you no, need that me. that good day drinking beer at the end of a, a party night, you know? And uh, like Bush has been mine here recently. Oh, dude. Well, Bush, is, Bush was mine forever. So far, yeah. And then, and then stag became a client of mine. And then I said, <laughs> see you, Bush. I, dude, I used to drink stag like back in the, like, 1920, like I used, I mean, 21, 22. Say 1920s. Uh, well, I, I started drinking stag when it was legal for me to drink stag. Uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, like it's funny, like, I think I've said this before, but you have, like, you can almost like look back at your life by the beer you were drinking, you know? You're like, oh yeah, I remember when I was that IPA douchebag, like when, mm-hmm. ev- like, remember when IPAs hit and it became a thing and then ev- I would go to a bar and be like, well, they don't have any IPAs here. I just don't, you know what I mean? Like, like I remember those days. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you you, kinda, you go through them. Like, yeah, and uh, you can like, yeah. And like, dude, right now I'm on a sour kick. I love the sours. Just because I think I'm burnt out on IPAs. I'm burnt out. You never got it into stouts. Like a sour, but again, you can't drink sours your whole, you know, night. No, dude, that would tear your stomach up. Yeah, yeah. So I like one. Again, I like to start with whatever, and then I move into like, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Like, um. I try to mix it up as well. Like, yeah, what are you drinking right now? What are your hot things right now? So, for me, it's been a lot of stouts and IPAs, especially stouts because that's what we have on right now. <laughs> trying um, to fucking get rid of them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, um, I got a couple friends that'll come by the store and do bottle shares all the time. And they bring, like, what's that? Uh, so, a bottle share is basically where a group of people get together and they like pull different beers that they've been holding on to or selling or new stuff that they got. And, like, I think last like trading cards, like pretty much. You got a Charizard? No, no, no I got a. <laughs> pretty much, but like it ain't even like it ain't really even about the trading. It's just about the drinking. Yeah. So like we've had we've had some out of control bottle shares at the store, like yeah. for some anniversary parties. But here, like more recently, it's been like you know I got a friend that he'll bring. Uh, actually, working on starting a podcast, but they'll bring like uh, like thirty beers up to the store. Damn. And just like, just like start cracking them open at, like at the bar, <laughs> and like if you're sitting at the bar, if you're in the store, like I'll pass you a glass and you get to try it out, and like that's just kind of what they do. That's cool, man. And so uh, through that, like I, I've like my IPA kick has been like I've just been like reinvigorated on the IPAs. But then I had a sour last night, and I was like, I didn't even know I wanted this, but I needed this. 
like, where is that? Yeah, it's something about that unexpected thing. Like, I, was, I think about this all the time. I love chocolate, you know? Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I'll go to the grocery store, the convenience store, gas station, get like three candy bars. Yeah. And by that third, when I'm getting them, I'm, I'm, there's nothing more exciting. But by that third one, you're like, oh, fuck, this yeah. is gross, you know? <laughs> It's like you, even the best thing in the world, if you have too much of it, you're like, all right, I Absolutely. need some bacon now. You Absolutely know? true. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's kind of a metaphor for life, right? I mean, no matter, you can't have, too, you can have too much of, of a good thing for sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, I can't think of anything that like really that's like taken in excess. Like you just, I wouldn't get tired of. Right. This is a good segue. Uh, you, don't just run the hop shop because I think even though you love it, that would be boring, right? Even if you love what you do, mm-hmm. it's the best thing in the world. You can't just do one thing because so you're like fucking you're, you're running Cherokee Street basically. You're like mayor down there. Well, that's, on the, that's, is that am I overselling <laughs> it? That's a stretch. Like no, I, I do. You're I work, like a pillar of the community I, down there. I try to be like that, and that was a big part of us coming to Cherokee street. And like when we were even looking for a location in general, we were going to be somewhere where we can help grow, like grow the neighborhood like, yeah. and grow with the neighborhood. How long have you been there? Uh, we've been on Cherokee street for about four and a half years now. So you got in when it was a little spicy down there. You were like, it's come a long way in four or five years. It's like, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's like had its ups and downs really. Like, yeah. um, because when you talk about like people who like really, been there since day one. You got to talk about like the fortune tellers. They were like right. they were celebrating yeah. like five years when we moved onto the street. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so it's it's definitely businesses. It's a it's a nice handful of businesses that have been there. Hipsters are annoying I to do. me, but I love that they go into little areas and like they're like, yeah. I mean, you don't want to maybe go down three or four <laughs> blocks on either side, but like, <laughs> yeah, but this strip is cool. Yeah, right. And, and I, yeah, hipsters are annoying to me, but like. uh I love them for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that it's like, yeah, they just go in and like, and then they're like, once it becomes like a commercially viable thing, you know, they're like, all right, fuck this place. On to the next one. Yeah. We got to go get weird again. I like that, you know? Yeah, very much so. And I think, honestly, I think that's that's the vibe of Cherokee Street. Yeah. Um, it's and, still weird. You yeah. Know? And like, that's something that we, like, as a board, we actually promote, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we want to be that, like. I remember a couple of years ago they did a uh, like an April Fool's joke and said like it was a Starbucks going in and like <laughs> <laughs> they were like remodeling this building and you know how they have like the like the border that comes out on the sidewalk so people can't like walk through the construction zone or whatever yeah and somebody painted like like Starbucks oh. coming soon and people were fucking livid that's awesome and it was just like no we don't want that dude and it's like you know what I'm saying and it's like it just kind of speaks to the character of the neighborhood and yeah. it's like for you to instantly hear that back from not even like business owners because most business owners probably didn't even pay attention to it for real just because right. somebody slapped it up there. But like the people on the street was like, no, that's yeah. not, that's not the direction that we want. So what can you do as business owners and as a community? Let's say that I own Starbucks uh, and I'm like, I don't care what you, I'm, I bought the building. I'm going in. Like, is there a way? Can you like, you know what I mean? Like as a community, can you be like, no, we're not ha- like, you're not getting it done. Like, can the older people do that, or how does that work? Um, that uh, that it get it gets tricky. Like, especially if somebody like owns the property, right? Um, because capitalism. You're like, yeah, but like only like getting that property at, at this point in time to do that 
would may be a bit more difficult than people think. Yeah. Um, just because a lot of stuff is brought up already. Right. Um, but then also, yeah, like you, I, I can't say that the alderman would just like no can just completely veto it. I'm quite sure they can make it difficult. Yeah. Um, but our alderman, our <laughs> both of the aldermen that represent Cherokee Street, are like very much in tune with the neighborhood. Like they, right. they are essentially like products of the neighborhood. Like both of the aldermen. Who are the alder? Uh, uh, Kara Spencer and Dan Gunther. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like one side of the street is Kara, Kara the yeah. other side is Dan, and like I don't know Dan, but I know Kara, and she's a fucking bulldog. Like she gets shit done, you know. Oh, dude, I love her. Yeah, she's I, great. I yeah. love her. I don't. I don't think I've met. I think I've met her once or twice, but I don't know her personally. But I just know. Her reputation of like, you know, yeah, she's like, she's in it. Yeah, she's no, like no, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, she's like on top of it yeah. all the time. Um, and it was cool because like I, I was able to have relationships with both of them. I mean, I was able to have relationships with both of them prior to them becoming older people. Yeah. Um, just because like we were in the same vicinity, like, mm-hmm. you know, they both are, were like, very active on Cherokee Street. Both live very close to Cherokee Street. Yeah. So you know we would always cross like cross paths and be able to have conversations. I actually met actually care that like really helped us get into the space that we're in. Well, the original space that we opened up in. So how did she do that? Just like um, removing barriers. Well, no. So at the at the point in time when we were looking for our space. Um, there was a moratorium on package liquor licenses on Cherokee Street. so Because they didn't want some nasty, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they had problems... Like with, what you think of when you think of packaged liquor. Exactly. Yeah. They had problems with an uh, establishment that had a license, but once you have a license, um, it's, it's really hard to, like, take it away from somebody. Right. Um, so essentially, they just kind of waited for that business to close, and once that business closed, and it was like nobody else got one, so... I want to say we were the first people to get a package liquor license on Cherokee uh, within like 20 years. Like nobody Damn. had done it before us. And when we first went down there and met, uh, talked to uh, the the property owner, told him what we were trying to do. And he was just like, yes, like we're all for it. Let's figure out how to make this happen. Found out it was like a moratorium on the <laughs> oh, liquor license. And I was like, well, they kind of knew that already. And so I was like, Damn, man. All right, let's figure out like, is there any way around this basically? And you can always talk to the alderman, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but the sitting alderman at the time didn't have the same vision for Cherokee Street as I think the trajectory mm. of Cherokee Street was going. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm i going to kind of make up some dates. Like, so say we found the property on October 4th. We met again with them on October 15th, like with the property owners. Yeah. And uh, Kara was part of that conversation at the time. And uh, it was like, well, this moratorium actually ends on the 18th. And he's the sitting alderman probably doesn't want to, like, renew it immediately because it's an election year. So he knew that, that, like, the neighborhood would be upset if he were to, like, reinstitute that that moratorium. Right. Because it blocks businesses from coming down to the neighborhood, and at that point in time, a lot of the people in the neighborhood kind of knew about the hop shop. Like we had cam, like I canvassed the street personally and talked to people and all of that. So like saying, like this is what I'm trying to do. Exactly. Like yeah. this, like how would you feel about this being in your neighborhood? Damn, dude. 
Um, You're like going after it, even though there's this huge roadblock of like, you literally aren't allowed to do bro, this. I really, really fucked with Cherokee street. Like I really <laughs> fucked with Cherokee street. And, uh, that's so inspiring, man. So, Fuck. So, so like, uh, you hear that you fucks get out there <laughs> and fucking go. Who cares if they say no? You yeah, just, no, right. God damn. All right. Continue. Sorry. So he, so, uh, so it, we like kind of figured he wasn't going to reinstitute this moratorium. Like, like right at the beginning of the election cycle. Like it's going to happen, like, but you're going to like slide it. Yeah. There. Like he's only like slide it in there. Like once he got reelected, it's like, okay, we'll reset it. So he, oh, like, shit. he probably thinking like, nobody's going to come. And yeah. like nobody's, everybody knows you can't get a liquor license. Over right. There. So nobody's going to come over here and it's like three month window. Right. From the last 20 years and oh, try to get politics. one. And it was just like, whoop, slid in the door. Oh and, shit. Um, I was actually, I actually did sit down with the alderman at the time, the previous alderman, and told him exactly what it will, like what we were trying to do. And once he, I think once he got a real understanding of, okay, like this isn't just going to be like your run of a you know, like liquor store. Like, yeah, I was explaining like, you know, our focus is customer service. You know, we want to bring something unique. It's nothing like this in the city. Um, and just like really laid out the vision for what we were trying to do. He was like, he was like surprisingly super on board. Like he, like super on board. Um, it's a very unique thing that you guys have going, like having the tastings and the, like having stuff on draft. Like it's a, yeah, it's a, like our buddy that came in town, like he drove out there. I mean, he drove out there to see you, but like Paul, shout out to Paul. Oh yeah. Shout uh, out to Paul. Paul Newman. Uh, he's been mentioned on before. He calls me. He's like, yo, I heard my shout out. Uh, <laughs> like, I'll keep you listening. Um, but like, you know, cause like, it's like a desk, like you've kind of created like a destination, you know, like, because mm-hmm. you just have a ton of weird shit there, you know? Like you were saying, like, just weird fucking Fruity Pebbles beers. Yeah. You got stuff on – like, more an experience than, like, let me go – like, I need to pick up a six-pack of whatever. Like, you can do that anywhere. Like, you make it something True. special. You know – obviously know your shit, you know? Um, so that's got to be fun. And you got – like, you guys are there, like, all the time, right? You and your brother, like – Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, we got one We got one employee uh, – one one team member. Yeah. Uh <laughs> and uh yeah, but besides that it's it's one of it's one of the three of us. Yeah. So you're like, you know, it's 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 always exciting when when you're talking to an owner because like no matter how much your team member loves your uh loves your place, they're not ever gonna have the passion that you do because it's like your baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Clearly you fought for that baby, like it's just exciting to you know, anytime yeah. I go anywhere and like a restaurant and like, you're like Oh, that's the owners over there. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even like the hedge, like it's just a special thing. Not to say that other people don't take ownership of it, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I, honestly, I think that has become like somewhat of the charm of the store too, is like that you can come in and like talk to, talk to somebody that actually owns it. Fuck, I don't, I don't know your brother very well at all, but mm-hmm. like seeing you, like you're fucking just such a, <laughs> just like a big smile, like such an approachable, fun guy. You know, I could yeah. only imagine not knowing you and walking in and you just smile like, Hey, how's it going? You're just like, uh, it's going good. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I, I think that's great. I mean, I'm sure that's part of a huge part of your success for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, I, I definitely believe it's played a role. Um, and, in, in, in the growth of the store, I mean, because it, People feel more comfortable, like especially the people in the neighborhood. You know, like, um, like they actually know us. Right. You know, it, yeah. it's not like just like this shadow company where you don't even know like the owners. And I think that's right. honestly, I think that's one thing that's like very unique and and dope about Cherokee Street overall is because like any given day you can walk into any of those businesses and 
the owners there. And you may not know who the owner is. Like, right. you know, every business doesn't is it doesn't operate the way we do. Yeah. But like I know from going into the businesses, like, you know, I, I bump into the owners pretty much every time I go somewhere down there. Right. And I think that's I think that's super unique because whether you see that everywhere, you don't necessarily know that, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm having a brain fart. I had this propensity to like, um, not have any silence, you know, in mm-hmm. podcasts. And I listened to back to them and I'm like, sometimes it's like a beer. You just got to let it breathe, you know? Yeah. And like, <laughs> I used, I, it used to really make me uncomfortable, um, in a conversation. And then I was listening back to them. I'm like, fuck, I'll just say anything. I'll be like, what, what do you think about uh, Snickers bars? Uh, you like you like candy bars, Justin? That's, like, that's a switch, but yeah, they're cool. I know. I'm like, fuck, why am I? Let's just <laughs> let's just think about the next thing. <laughs> um, all right. One of the things that we talked about that I was just really excited to have you on. Like, okay, we so we're at the Tenderloin Room. We're fucking past hors d'oeuvres. It's a fancy little thing. Of course, you know every fucking person that walks by. Oh, hey, Justin. And I'm like, I know like two people there, but that's cool. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to get into your world. Uh, I, we, we just had this like great fucking conversation and I was just like, stop talking. We got to get, you got to do my podcast, dude. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about that I thought was really cool. I asked you, I said, Hey, are you like, so you lived in North County, North city, City. Mm -hmm. and you went to a South County school, County school. Yeah. Buston part of the DSEG program Mm -hmm. that, uh, Lindbergh doesn't have anymore. A lot of schools don't have anymore. And like, I think that's so, to me, I was, I I think it's so messed up because like I had like, you know, a handful of like close black friends Mm -hmm. and those kids don't exist anymore at Lindbergh. And I'm like, for me, I remember finding out about racism and about just like, you know, weird shit. Um, And it feeling like such a foreign concept because you're like, no, but like Tony and Roddy are like my best friends. Exactly. You know? Like I have as many close black friends as I do close white friends. Um, because you know, I only have like three or four close friends, and you have like two black friends, you're yeah. like, I'm over 50%. Yeah. And like, so I had the sadness thinking about these kids. Well, and like with all the weird fucking Trump shit, and like just you know, like the widening of the left and the right and just, I don't know, maybe we're just adults and we're just like, maybe it's always been this way, but it, it feels especially weird yeah. now. Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of weird. And the thing is, um, and I think I mentioned this then, but what I thought was brilliant about that whole program was that no matter what, no matter what you heard, like through whether it was like your household or on the news or um, around like you know, just other people about race. You that program gave you the ability to make your own decision right. about people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even about it wasn't even about race at all. It was just about like he's cool. I remember my mom corrected me like so hard on something one time, um, and she she asked me uh, one of, like one of the guys that we went to school with. She was like, "Is that?" You know, like y'all pretty good friends, and I was like, "Yeah, that's like that's like my best wife friend," and she was just like, "What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Is he your friend or is he not your friend?" And I had never even thought about it like that because I wasn't even, I wasn't saying it like you know like yeah, these are just different types of friendship, right. yeah, right. Um, 
but it made me conscious to even like even how I was just like subconsciously putting, interjecting that in. Yeah, there. yeah, and uh, but like I said, you know, it it kind of broke down those walls because I I dealt with these people every day. You know what I mean? Like right from I went to high certain people that I went to high school with that I had been going to school with since first grade, like. James Hammond. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shout I out met, to James. Shout out to James. <laughs> uh, like, I met him, like, first day of school. Yeah. And <laughs> it's fucking goofy as shit. <laughs> and we was just he like, still is. I know, right? I know he, there's no way that he's changed. There's no way that he's changed. And it's like, that's just my boy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, it sucks because a lot of people won't have that opportunity to, to, to make those connections and the ability to be able to, like, learn to really be comfortable in situations outside of what they um, are around predominantly, like the, the, the situation that they typically find themselves in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it, it sucks that that program isn't. I know. And I I don't really understand what, like, I don't understand. I, I guess it costs money. Like, yeah. you know, buses cost money and nobody wants to pay for people getting educated. But yeah. It just seems crazy to me. It seems like a thing that, like, giving a kid... I mean, let's be honest. Like, North City schools have less uh, um, funding yeah, than, uh, like, than a South County school does. Yeah. And so you have this opportunity to, like, be in a place that's, like, maybe safer. Definitely, like, just better access to education. Yeah. Newer textbooks, all that bullshit. Now it's Chromebooks or whatever. Crazy. and like so that's like a you know and St. Louis is so segregated you know that you really can't talk sort of in generalities of like where people live is like not only black people live in North City but like if you're going to take a guess and like yeah some some black guys live out in South County but like take a guess, like one guess. yeah <laughs> um and so now the only people the only black kids at Lindbergh like live within those you know, district borders. Mm-hmm. So it's like two, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. and I can't imagine, Hey, I can't imagine being those kids being like, I'm sure it was hard for you just being like 5% of, you know, a population where you're like, uh, not many kids around here look like me. I can't imagine being like, literally I'm a unicorn. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. It's gotta be a mind fuck. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you have to, it's something that you have to get used to. Yeah. Um, I mean, without, without a doubt, but then even more so like when you live in a situation like that, like you really don't even have an exit from that. Maybe when you go home. Right. And like your family's black, but like aside from that, like everybody else in your neighborhood are the same people that you go to school with. Right. So another thing that makes it like, um, for me is like, the amount of uh, the lack of diversity of like culture, like actual culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because kids like when we were when we were at Lindbergh, it wasn't even just like North City students. It was like North City, South City on the right. west side. Like you can live in pretty much any part of the city. Yeah. They didn't just find one little area and bus kids. In, yeah. It was just like. Let's get like diversity. It was a it was a diversity move. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like for, even from that, like some of my some of my best friends, like my closest friends, majority of them didn't li- even live in the neighborhood that I lived in, even though we were all bust to school. Right. You know, like 
I didn't live by Charles. I didn't live by Nick. I didn't live by which makes Lee. it even harder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're not like your like neighborhood friends that you no, can just like, be like. They're still, they're like a 15 minute drive <laughs> as far. <laughs> Dude, something that blew my mind that Paul told me. He told he t- <laughs> so fucking crazy. Uh, he said, "Yeah, like I was, uh, you know, I we would take Justin home after like after school activities sometimes mm-hmm. because." He would say, like, yeah, it's five o'clock or whatever. Like, I won't be home till seven o'clock. Oh, for sure. Like, and he's like, whereas he could take you there and it would take 15 minutes. And like, I just remember when he told me that, I was like, what a crazy experience, difference in experiences we have. We yeah. went to the same school, but you had a two hour or hour and a half bus ride. Yeah. To and from, like, Fuck, that's so much time that you could be, you know, doing other shit, not being on a bus. True. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you, looking back, are you like, I'm, yeah, but I'm like glad that that gave me the ability to go to that school? Or are you like, I would have been cool to like go to a school in my neighborhood? Um, I'm honestly, I'm glad it gave me the ability to go to the school. Uh, I would definitely err more on that side. Um, and for me... I was like always the first person on the bus because of where I lived at, like I'm like right <laughs> the off the highway. Farthest, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I would be there, like I would be there, like super. I would be at the bus super early, like it was dark still Fuck. when I was like getting on the bus. And but by the time I got to high school, like you know, I mean, especially like by senior year, or whatever, like I was used to it. I didn't even it wasn't even anything that I even thought about, like yeah, because I had been catching the bus since first grade. You know, it got it Damn. got. Like, from first grade to fifth grade, like, you know, it was later in the morning because their school day is shorter. Right. And then, like, it got earlier when we started going to Spain, and then it got earlier <laughs> when we went to uh, That's bullshit, by the way. The whole – I used to go to bed at, like, 1 o'clock, you know, maybe midnight, like, yeah. basically throughout high school. And then you're getting up at 5 in the morning. You were probably going to put 4 in the morning. Yeah. It's not right. This is the time when like when our minds are developing and we're still being formulated and like they've like studies show like sleep is like one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, but like uh, they got to be to school early. So, you know, I mean, it's like super fucked up. Like, how about like no fucking learning lab? What's more important? That extra hour of sleep or a fucking learning learning lab? lab. Yeah. yeah, Bullshit. It's. We're in such a, our system, our education system is so old mentality, old school shit, you know? Like, Man, yeah. Um, uh, very much so. like somebody very, very close to me is a teacher. And I've seen her go through uh, like schooling and all that to become a teacher and just like some of the shit that she deals with. She's elementary school. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, this is, it's like as backwards. And yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> what is going on and like how how is this how is this the system like right. you like this is obviously this is this isn't working like you know what i mean but and it's creating the adults that we will be stuck with you know mm-hmm. we're creating them there i think about this all the time my kids are at school more than they're at home so no matter what kind of like you know morals i try to give them and like work ethic and whatever a lot of it is like out of my hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we moved to the district that they're in now is because I'm just like, this is such an important thing. If nothing, just because they're just there. What yeah. ki- what kind of kids are they going to be around? Are they going to be around a bunch of psychos? Because if they are, my kids are going to be a bunch of psychos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just adapt to whatever like yeah, thing yeah. you're in. 
how are we not putting, and how, how do we keep electing people that just like either a lie or B just don't give a fuck. Like it's mind blowing to me that like it's there's so not much, more reform. Yeah. It's so much self-interest. I think that's like it's self-preservation and self-interest is like the two guiding factors when I like just, and I say that I've never <laughs> worked in the education system right. at all, but being close to someone that did or does um, just seeing the different things and like, it's just like, man, like, it's that's ass backwards. You right. know, like, you just, I mean, some of the programs, like, some programs that could be instituted, uh, everything is just, like, so formatted. And it's like, people are different. People learn different. Right. Um, and, like, is it, are we really trying to create smart individuals, like, intelligent, capable, like, thinking individuals? Creative. Are just, yeah, or are we just trying to, like push people through this mold until they get out on the other side and it's just like, do this now. Well, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's, I think about that a lot. Um, okay. So my kids were on a path to be in the city schools because we mm -hmm. live in the city. Um, and there was two like really good city schools right by us. Um, quote unquote gifted schools, mm -hmm. which is not gifted. <laughs> it's like fucking like, you know, you've been doing homework and shit. Yeah. And I was like, cool, this is great. And then as I kind of looked into them, and I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to throw any shade because they already have enough <laughs> fucking problems. And they're like shining stars of the, of the St. Louis public school system. But, um, as we were researching and doing stuff and my wife, having been a teacher for eight years and now she's a counselor, like she, you know, we had the inside track. It was important to her to like learn about the shit. And those kids, the reason those schools are gifted is because those motherfuckers do homework every day, multiple hours, kindergartners, first graders, second graders, doing two hours of homework. Yeah, and I no. told my wife, I said, if you want me to be involved in their education at all, they can't go here because I'll tell them don't do your homework because yeah. I didn't do my homework. Fuck that. You're, you're at school for eight hours. If you can't get it done there, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, oh, so the best option they have within the city schools doesn't fit the format that I can like, you know, like feel comfortable sending my kids to. I'm like, I guess we're moving out of this house. We just fucking renovated <laughs> you know, <laughs> this perfect house on a hill that like, like I want to die here. I got, I guess that's the love for kids is like, I guess we're going to move like this house we're in now is like just basically a shittier version, like a smaller, yeah. shittier version that costs way more money. Yeah. <laughs> so, city houses are nice. Right. Dude, city houses are the best. And yeah. like you put new windows in a motherfucker and you're just like, it's like a foot and a half of brick, you know? Mm -hmm. This house now is like vinyl siding on the outside, wood in the middle. We had to do a termite inspection, you know? I'm like, termites? The fuck? You don't worry about that shit in the cities, you know? Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's, that's the power. I mean, what you're doing is changing a neighborhood. You know, you being there is changing Cherokee Street. I think that that's the first step. You know, like you got to get the cool, hip stuff going on. Mm -hmm. But that next step is education. That's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because basically, I realized the only way you can, the only way you can have kids, if you're gay, you, you fucking hit the lottery because you don't have to worry. Well, I guess you can. That's, that's stupid. I said that. You could adopt kids. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's dumb as shit. Uh, Easier though, you know, I just, you know, anyway, uh, the problem is, no, you know what? I'm going back on that. A lot of gay people don't have kids, so that's fair. You can do it. I know I have friends that do it, but it's, it's anyway, back to it. Oh, this is good. 
That's why, dude, gay people move into places and they make the fucking spots hot. That's like the. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? People know it too. Dude, yeah, the Grove. The Grove is like. Yeah, dude, the Grove is on fire. Yeah, like, and that started like, out as like. Shit is like. Yeah. Blowing up is continually like growing and new stuff is going in down there like constantly. Yeah, and it gets, now they've got like that wash you money, like people, institutions start fucking dumping money in. Mm-hmm. All that groundwork was being done. Well, there was all gay, all the gay community, all the gay bars, lesbian bars, like, yeah. And then they get fucking pushed out by, you know, gentrification yeah. shit. Anyway, okay, back to it. Uh, fuck, that was a, that was a big turn. Um, oh, the, this, yeah, the education, you know? Yeah. That's like, that's the next thing. And you have to have a ton of money to be able to like live in a cool dope spot and then also have a good education for your kids or have no money and then just be like, we don't have an option. This is where we live. And if you're anywhere in the middle of there of not being super poor or not being super rich, your mm-hmm. option is we're fucking moving. Yeah. And that sucks, you know? Yeah, it, it really, it, it really does. You know, like, and like, you can't even really get away with it now, but like back in the day, I definitely knew people that would use alternate addresses so that their kids can go to schools yeah. and places where they were like <laughs> people better. are still doing that yeah oh, yeah i'm quite sure um <laughs> don't look into it don't look into it <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's the that's that's the sacrifice of like or that's the risk that somebody's willing to take because I, I i talked to ryan about it because ryan recently got married and you know obviously like him and his wife looking to buy a house or you know and want to have kids and all of this and He's like, you know, we'll probably end up like in the county somewhere. Right. Just because it's like, it's either that or pay a fucking shit ton in private school. Right. You know? And it was like, when you look at it, does it balance out? Like, if you have like this really nice house, it's not crazy expensive in the city, but then you pay a ton and um, like pay a ton in private school bills. Right. Or do you, you know, have this more expensive house somewhere out in the county, pay bit higher taxes, but then your child gets to go to a quality school for free. Yeah. You know? It's hard to do the calculus. Dude, okay, the guy that, my friend Jonathan, another Limburg guy that owns, uh, Jonathan Jones that owns uh, Southwest Diner. Do you know him? No, I did not. I don't. Dude, you got, I'll Southwest you. Fire, yeah, no, I, it, I, dude. I, I always stop by there when I, like, I go to major brands and it's like, oh, let's make an art. Let's make it's a so stuff. fucking yeah. good. I had this ritual where after shoots, if I had a half day shoot, I would go, it'd be like two o'clock right before they're closing. I would go there. He'd always be there and just like, just push food on me and like, oh, the best. Limburg taking over the city, bro. Fuck, I, dude, Limburg is full of killers. I love, okay, but anyway, so <laughs> he told me this thing. We have kids that are the same age and he told me this thing and I was like, you're a wise man. Um, he was like, think about if you, instead of sending your kid to private school, take that money. Let's say it's 10 grand for tuition. He goes, take your kid, go to fucking Africa, you know, do a safari, go to fucking France, go to Europe. Like you get in two months of that money being spent, like on a summer vacation, your kid will get so much more knowledge, culture, whatever than could ever be given in nine months of school. That's you very know? true. I was like, fuck. Now I don't even, yeah, head explode. I don't know even what, what are we doing? Like, why are my kids even going to go to school? I'm married to a teacher. She should just, let's get in a van, you know, she could teach them. Like, I don't know. But then I guess there's all the stuff about like, like learning how to be with different people, people that are different than you, people that like 
learning to deal with assholes, learning to deal with a shitty teacher. Like exactly. those are life skills. You yeah. Know? And it's like, is it, is school, is school like about edge? Is school about like a formal education or is it about teaching like social skills? I, for me, I definitely wasn't about learning. It was about social skills. <laughs> for me as well. Definitely social skills. Yeah. Dude. And it's weird. Cause you, I, you know, it's weird. You have those friends that like, are really smart, you know, but mm. like, you know, they're not actually smart. They just like are really good at studying and they learned a lot. Whereas I feel like maybe I had a higher, uh, aptitude and I just squandered it, you know? Yeah. But I feel like for me, school really was about like empathy, friendship, like shit that like, I have a super small family. My family mm. is just me, my brother. Well, my brother, who's like, he wasn't even born until I was 18. Mm. So just like my mom and dad and my sister, and then nobody else in St. Louis and one aunt who lives in fucking Oregon. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like learn, like family helps you like deal with some of that, like, you know, shit. Like I yeah. had none of that. So you can't like be a cool, well-rounded person if you don't have people like putting you down, building you up, like all those different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like school was that for me is like that kind of weird substitute family of like some kids treat you like shit and you learn, you like, look at yourself and you're like, maybe I'm a piece of shit. And then some kids build you up and you're like, maybe I'm awesome. Yeah, and like, yeah, learning to deal with those emotions. That's a, that's an important school thing, you know? Yeah. Very, very much so. Like, and I, like, I think one thing that I learned early on was like relationships, um, having relationships with people. And I obviously like not necessarily in a romantic sense, but like I was never the most studious kid. Like my teachers were like, Justin knows it, but he just won't. He won't do the work. Like I know well, you're that on he, that fucking two hour bus. Or you've been yeah, up since fucking like, four. Yeah, I know he. I know he knows it. Like I can call him to the board and he can like write the answer and show how he got it. But like, I'll give him the paperwork and he's just like it won't get done. But yeah. all my teachers loved me. Right. And it was just like <sighs> Justin. Yeah. And, it, and like, but. I understood that that was like you don't that have was to my do way. work if you're cool. <laughs> that, was, that, was my, that was my way. You know, yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, like I'm gonna just be like the person that you really can't get mad at. Like I remember, like in uh, my I want to say my junior senior year, my English teacher um, it wasn't Miss Fitzgerald. Oh, I can't even think of her name. She was just like she was just like nobody liked her. I went to the academy. My last couple of years. You did? Yeah, I graduated from the academy. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. The academy, if you're listening, this is where all the bad kids go. Pretty much. That, that's great. I mean, they're not all bad kids, but. Oh, dude, we had half a day. So I got out at noon every day. And So you found the cheat code. You were like, how yeah. do I graduate high school? In the and the thing was, I took I took the same I took the same courses. It was just, it, they just gave it to you differently. Like, I would literally get a packet. All the bullshit, like, stripped away and just, like. I would, like, get a packet at the beginning of the semester. And it's, like, we had uh, trimesters over there. So, like, I would get a packet at the beginning of the trimester. And it was, like, you know, we 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 will work through all this at class. But, like, if you can knock this out on your own, then you can knock it Damn, out on your own. That's some next-level fucking thinking. Yeah. And so, like. Why is that reserved only for the kids who are like a danger of not being in school anymore? Because that's essentially what it is, right? Is they're yeah. like, we want you to graduate. Exactly. But you're having problems with X, Y, or Z. So like, just please don't fucking leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, God damn. But like, it, it worked for me because uh, I just, 
I was like, cool, like I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So you're telling me like I can sit in class, maybe like over the first three weeks, I'll actually like knock this out. Only classes I couldn't do that for, obviously it was like like, you know, like that like algebra two and certain, just certain shit, chemistry, like Yeah, you have to really Yeah, be, like I had to like pay attention to it. But yeah. I mean, if I need like if I had to take a social like a history class, yeah. Like, dude, I can burn through this packet in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a week. Oh, that makes me so upset not to know. I should have gone there too because I would I do the same thing. I would like fall asleep in class. I mean, I was constantly sleeping in class, Likewise. just not fucking listening. And I was like a B minus student all the time because I would get A's on tests and zeros on homework. Mm-hmm. And my teachers, I know now looking back on it, it had to make them so mad. To like this fucking kid doesn't apply himself at all, doesn't do anything, and still is like just coasting through, mm-hmm. like. They're like, I feel like they always were trying to teach me, like trying to trip me up, you know? And yeah. I would be like, I'm just going to copy off the kid next to me. <laughs> or I'm just going to cram it into my brain on the bus on the way there or whatever. Yeah. And just like, it's a bullshit. It's a failed system. It really is. I mean, and it shows you like being a type of student that I was, like it shows how it does, the system doesn't work for everybody. Right. You know, like I could do the work. I could like... um I guess I, I probably could have been a straight A student if I wanted to, like if I really, really applied myself. But yeah. like, for what you know? Yeah, like I was like, I'm a, like, I graduate and I'll get out of here. And I, at the time, like I didn't even have plans on going to college. I was like, yo, like I'm a learn a trade and do my thing. I honestly, I always wanted to work for myself. So that was my, that was my thing. Is like, learn a trade and then own I'm the not, business. I'm not gonna go back and look at my GPA from high school and be like. You can't work for yourself. It's like, <laughs> right. no. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, so that was like, that was kind of my my mindset anyway. Did you go to college? I did. Where'd you go? Missouri Western. What a, f- it was a waste of time. <laughs> a waste of money. What is Missouri Western? I've never heard of that. So Missouri Western State University, we're up, uh, it's in St. Joe, Missouri, about 45 minutes north of Kansas City. So like all the way on the east, east oh, I'm sorry, all the way on the western border of uh, Missouri. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. their downtown is like, is literally the opposite of St. Louis. Their downtown is like the other side of the river is Kansas. Yeah. Was it, how close to Kansas City is it? Uh, about 40, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Is it? Like is, straight north of Kansas City. St. Joe is straight north? Uh-huh. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yep. Damn. Four-year degree? Uh, Yeah. Well, I went for, uh, I was, I went as an art student. Um, I went to my junior year and I dropped out like at the beginning of my junior year um for a number of reasons I was like trying to work on like I was trying to start this like clothing line with a friend and uh then I just I just wasn't feeling school no more and I didn't want to yeah. keep paying for it yeah like at a certain point like because you're like, paying for it yeah so you realize yeah. that like uh this is going to be my debt at the end of the day right and it just it wasn't worth it to me like yeah. the, you know the when you waited, it just wasn't worth it. How much? Do you remember how much tuition was there? Ooh, it was cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cheap. Like I got out, I got out of school with like seven grand in student loans. That's great. Yeah. No, Did you I, get like scholarships? Most expensive shit? party ever. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's I was going to Merrimack, <laughs> uh, and just I lived on my own like when I was like eighteen and like was going to quote unquote school. Merrimack, shout out uh, community college. I did a semester there. Oh, it's great, dude. Yeah, it was. It was like. So easy, well, eventually so easy to fail, but in the beginning, so easy to like do the bare minimum and just party. And I remember being like, 
I can't imagine paying more. I think tuition was like fifteen hundred bucks a, yeah, a semester. Or super something. cheap. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, the amount of don't give a fuck that I am here. I can't imagine going to like Mizzou and paying fucking twenty thousand oh dollars a semester. <laughs> and it's more now, like, because at first, like, unless you, unless you are like, whoa, maybe this is my friends, but majority of people I know burn that first year of college. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just like. I'm at like free. at a big state yeah. school, there's like 500 kids in like your classes, you know, like, mm-hmm. what are you, I'm just, <laughs> I'm here to party. Yeah. You're underage, but there's like the guys of like, you know, you could do basically whatever you want. You're away. Yeah. 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 For me, I'm like, it's equal opportunity partying, you know, like you can go <laughs> anywhere. I can drive down to Mizzou and party. Like I have friends in frats down there, friends in, like you can go party there without, for a lot cheaper, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. For <laughs> a lot cheaper. <laughs> so you got out with like seven grand in debt. And seven grand in debt, man. And so um still, still paying it off. Nah. You're free. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. Don't get married. <laughs> I thought I was free. And then my wife came in. She's like, Bam! How you like that? Yeah. Got that masters. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yep. Gotta I'll love pay it. it off before I die though, I bet. Yeah. You know, on my deathbed. Yeah. So <laughs> just <laughs> pay my house off check. before me. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and just right there, sir. Just dot that. Okay. Yeah, you're good. All right. Uh, but yeah, I, I left there and moved down to Memphis. Um, I was supposed to take over like a landscaping business in Memphis. Damn, you were hust. You were like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna own my own shit. Yeah, dude. That's like honestly, that's that's been from the jump. Like, I grew up in a pretty entrepreneurial household, though. Um, like both of my parents have. Both of my parents got remarried. They they got married young. Um, and then ended up getting divorced and remarried. But uh, both of my paternal, well, both of my grandfathers, um, both on my mother's and my father's side, like, own their own businesses. And that's how mm-hmm. that's how my parents were raised. They Isn't were that raised weird? Like, yeah. It really does, like, push that into, like, the next generation. Of, yeah. like, these are the values of our house. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so like, I kind of knew all along, like, and even, like, because I grew up working in my family business. Yeah. So I was like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. What family business was that? Um, it's Jennings Lawnmower Repair. So it's a lawnmower shop. We fix, like, small engines. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm a small engine mechanic by no, trade. I got some shit you can look at in my garage. <laughs> I'll give it a quick diagnosis. <laughs> diagnosis. That's but, funny. But, yeah, so, like, I grew up I grew up doing that. I mean, and I, I still, like, I'm not, especially over the last couple of years, I'm not as active in it as I would like to be. Yeah. But, like, uh, shit, I, I was up there just, like, Monday. My dad needed some help with something. And so I went yes. up there. Uh, so, like, I, I don't know, for me, I always knew, like, it just, like, having a job. Like, I I can find a job. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I Isn't feel like, that weird? Like, some people can't find a job. Like, some people get out of school, and they're like, I have a four-year degree, and I can't get hired at Best Buy. <laughs> you know? Like, they can't get anything. Yeah. And then there's other people, you and myself, of, like, there's money out there. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. Go money. work. Yeah, just work I hard. Look at it like that. That's like the easy. Like, I feel like that's the easy way for me. Like, it's like I could always go and find a job if I really wanted to get a job. It's like finding what you want to do. That's exactly. the hard part. Exactly. So, and I feel yeah. like a lot of people when they go to like, when people are in college for so long or in school for so long, but because by the time you graduate from college, I mean you've been in school since you were like five years old. I know. Like wild. people don't. It's it was, it's always been weird to me because it happens to everybody. Yeah. But like, when you don't have that no more, and like that's becomes that structure has been such a part of your life, 
And now it's just like, it ain't no structure to just be, being a, an adult. It's just like. I know. <laughs> it's, and we here's cr- the world. We crave, like, I think our, our, we crave it. Like as humans, we need that structure mm-hmm. and like making yourself have that structure is such a rewarding thing. And I feel like it takes people along. Some, some people figure it out real quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people don't. And I'm, I'm now just stumbling up, dude. Okay. It's snow days. We've had two snow days, right? Cause mm-hmm. it's fucking dumped out a bunch of snow. Um, my kid was sick. I basically had five days with locked in the house. You know, I'm working from the house right now. Um, with a sick kid threw my whole schedule off. I just got back. didn't work out for five days. Didn't like take my little supplements, Mm -hmm. got up late, all that shit. You know, today I like, you know, got up, got the kids out to school because they finally had school again. Did my little routine, went and worked out like all that shit doing a podcast. Now my, I feel so centered and just like, like I know what to do, yeah. you know? And I look back on like maybe my life like five or six years ago where I'm just more like just taking shit as it comes. Do you feel like having children help you get to that space? Dude, I, I think about it all the time. Getting married. Okay. Getting a girlfriend, first step. Getting a cat, second step. Getting a dog. Once you have a dog, you're like, this thing can't shit inside my house, you know? Yeah. Like I look back. When I first, you know, got like a real relationship and got a dog and stuff, like um, I was, you know, I was young and just mm-hmm. being, being wild. Um, I don't think I would do anything that I'm doing now. Like I look at having kids now and how much less time I have to like do work. And I'm like, fuck, if I didn't have kids, I'd be, if I wasn't married, I'd be working 20 hours a day. I'd be killing it. But I also am like, if I didn't have those things, I wouldn't be to this point now that makes me work. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a weird catch 22. Yeah. yeah Cause the absolutely. only reason I last night I was uploading podcasts at fucking 11 o'clock at night. The only reason I was doing that is because I'm like, I gotta like the next day I don't have time to do it. Cause I gotta get, make money to pay for these kids to be in this school and to pay for my wife to, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this, that motivation. I'm like, if I didn't have that, I would be playing video games and be, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, that, I, it makes, it makes a hundred percent. Sense. So what you don't have kids. No what kids. what what motivates you? Not married? Not married. I don't have any kids. I have a dog. Uh honestly, I just wanna I wanna reach I it's certain like career things that motivate me, but honestly, I just want to reach a point in my life to where um it is just it is just a kind of like where it is just a function, you know, like I want to reach a point where I feel fulfilled in my career. I feel fulfilled like, you know, and relationship wise me and my love life um, and my relationship like with family members and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, But I would say like right now, like a majority of my focus is um, commercial success. And I don't mean in like no grandiose thing, but like, having a successful business, like really creating something that is a viable. Yeah. Like self-sustained that you can like walk away from and it's still, it's still just still humming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm, I'm on that same journey. I'm like, it, the, the less hours I put in, the less fucking immediate money there is. And I'm like, Dude, that's the dream to build something that you can walk away. And like, you're like, I'm playing golf. I mean, I don't play golf, but whatever. Mm-hmm. The proverbial golf, you know, I want time to just do my own thing. Exactly, you know? exactly. And I, I, I decided to take this route. And so like, for me, it's, it, was, 
it was all in with this. Yeah. You know, like uh it was it was completely all in with this. And uh so I really at this point for my my whole thing is just like if I if for whatever reason this doesn't work out, it's literally back to square one for me. You well, know what I mean? No. Well, in a, you're in a, like the dude. Like you, if this doesn't work out, you know every motherfucker in St. Louis. I mean, and I, they know that you're like you're like an articulate, clever, funny fucking dude. That like anybody would be like, come manage my, <laughs> please let me have you. You know what I mean? So like you only have those skills because of doing what you're doing. You never probably will want to work for somebody. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like back to what we were saying earlier, that that would be just like, yeah, I can I I can get a job. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. go and you get know, a job yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like what how happy would I be with that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so when I say back to square one, I don't mean that it's like I'm gonna just lose all the connections and I'll be a fucking outcast. But I mean it in the sense of like for me, that is gonna be a restarting point. Mm. Because yeah, I'll probably take a job because I have to have money. Yeah. I take a job and I do what I can, but like I, I know my ultimate goal will be getting putting myself back in a position to where right. I can work for myself again. Because really what you're doing, I mean you're selling beer, you're selling spirits, but that's not really what you're doing. Really what you're doing is you're running a community business. Yeah. And you could be selling lawnmowers or you could be selling Pillows or I quite, I quite a few lawnmowers, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you yeah, could be yeah, selling yeah. anything. So if the hop shop doesn't work, which let's be honest, that's not, I mean, if the hop shop ever closes, it's going to be because you sell it or you say I, I'm done doing this. Cause I figured something else out that I want to do, yeah. but like you're going to make it work. But all the skills that you've developed by making it a success will just be for the next thing you want to do, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you start that clothing store now, it's going to fucking, it's going to work, whereas your dumbass yeah. being 20, it's not going to work. <laughs> Think about all the shit we thought about we could do when we were 20. Know, right? You look at it now, and you're like, I was, great idea, just so unprepared to, oh like, my execute. Gosh, yeah. I used to take meetings with people just, just like, knowing that, like, <laughs> I don't have the funding at all to do this. Yeah. Uh, or like even the know-how. I was like, yo, I want to open up a restaurant. And I was like, contact the business owner. I like a property owner. I remember talking to this dude on the loop and he like was like super interested. I told him the concept and he like walked me through this whole building and I'm like, I'm literally like 18. And, <laughs> and then I'm just like, he was just like, yeah, you probably have to get this, this, and this installed. And I just remember like leaving that meeting and, kind of started like looking at some numbers and I was like, damn dude, I'm gonna need like $165,000 just, <laughs> just to begin with. <laughs> You're like, I got a grand right now. So I just need right. extra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, you know, let's just kind of put that on hold. Damn. Uh, and it's, it's, I mean, even like, even in the early stages of the hop shop, like had some people say yes, we, I don't, we, I ain't gonna say we wouldn't be here right now, but, it's a it's a good possibility that we wouldn't be yeah. here right now, and yeah. it's just because it was it was it was never lack of ambition, but it's uh, lack of resources, yeah, um, lack of preparation. My ambition was what got me the conversations with people, yeah. But I mean, but that's not all that. It, like at some point, you know, <laughs> that's what makes me so mad. Okay, you have the hustle, you know, it's most important thing. Obviously, is the hustle. But then I see I'm friends with this little like group of people that like 
all come for money. Um, I'm like Facebook, uh, Instagram friends of them, you know, mm-hmm. and they they all know each other, and they're all doing all this cool shit. And I'm like, oh yeah, you guys all fucking have money, <laughs> yeah. so you're able to like swing, take bigger swings. And when you miss, like, you know, and like, daddy gave me a little, you know, I just needed thirty thousand dollars to get this thing off the, you know, <laughs> and you're like, like, we're gonna get there too. Yeah. It's just gonna take us a little bit longer. Maybe you know what I mean. Like maybe we'll have less um, different things that we do because it takes longer to build the one thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, on the one hand, that's just the way it is. But on the other hand, you're like, fuck, it would be nice to just like. It would be nice. You know? Yeah. Just, but then you might be that piece of shit that doesn't have ambition. And then who cares? So it is it is a roll of the dice, you know? Because mm-hmm. the less you have, the, the more it makes you have that drive. Yeah. And then if you do have the money and you do have the drive – then it's like, then this whole other thing to worry about is like, how are you fulfilled? You know, sometimes I look at people that like are super ambitious and have like the funding and you're like, they're killing it. They own fucking six X, Y, or Z. But you look at their like personal life and you're like, ugh, like yeah, they don't seem happy. No. Nah, yeah. And that's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother balance like that you got to learn to deal with and in, in running a business is like dealing with your personal relationships and keeping those attacked, be a family, like, you know, uh, or like a loved one, like a, like a, like a romantic relationship with somebody because it takes a lot, dude. Yeah. And you, it's not like a job where you can just like cut that shit off when you lock the door at night. Right. It's like, no, dude, I'm still like, I'm praying that they don't like push that check through tonight or uh, like, you know, am I going to have enough beer for this event or whatever to like, When your pillow, when your head hits the pillow, (laughs) you're not, like, you're still at work in your head. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, uh, and that's, I mean, that's part of it, you know? Um, So that's one thing that I've learned is, like, kind of to learn to kind of separate myself from that. And that's one thing that I think would be super dope about having kids is because, like, you, they take you away from that. Like, I was down in Memphis last week, and I watched – my nieces and nephew for a few days. And that's the first time in a long time where I like, just like genuinely was not constantly thinking about the store. Damn. You know what I mean? That's powerful. Yeah. And I was like, it was, cause you're like, you have to keep these fuckers alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my nephew's like two. So he's like constantly, it's just like from the time I like grabbed him out the bed in the morning, it's just like, once you get over his little mood then it's like, okay, it's time to play. And it was just so genuine and just like, you know, like, yeah, Uncle Justin and I are like, we're going to play, you know? <laughs> yeah. And beautiful. it took you, it, it completely took me away from it. And I was like, damn it. I was just like thinking about the, like how that could be, how that could be a benefit of like, like you were saying earlier, like having that family, having that a home where you, you know, you come home to a wife, you come home to kids um, because that, because that's your priority. And so that'll, kind of take over that that mind state. I mean, yeah. you'll still focus on the shit that you have to do for sure. Yeah. But uh, there's a guilt that I have always, like um, like this week, I'm shooting something tonight, shooting something tomorrow, shooting something Friday. Three shoots where I'm not going to put my kids to bed for three nights in a row. And I have that, um, you know, I, I, I'm like, am I fucking up? You know, like, is this, should I have not taken this job? Should I have sh- shot it later? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because, the calculus that I made is like, no, this like, a, I want my kids to see like what it looks like for dad to hustle. Cause they know I love putting them to bed 
And so mm-hmm. when I'm not there and I, you know, I tell them, I got, you know, I let them know I'm sad that I'm not going to do it. So I like them to see like, Oh, you had to make a hard choice, you know? Um, but I also, you know, I don't want to be that stereotypical dude. That's just like killing it at work. And then they come home and like, you know, the kid, the kids could give a fuck less about dad. He's checked out, you know, yeah, yeah. or they have an unhealthy, like need to impress me because I may not be around. around all I heard Dave Chappelle talk about that. Like when he was like, his kids were kid kids he would get off the tour bus and they would be like, daddy, and like run towards them. And then they got a little bit o- older and then he's like, oh, dad's home. Cool. Yeah. And then like eventually like his kids are, you know, older. Maybe this happens to everybody, but he walks in. <laughs> Nobody greets him and he walks in and they're like, oh, what's up, dude? And then go back to playing video games and he's, you know, I'm like, yeah. I mean, that dude, you know. Yeah. If Dave can't do it, how can I do it? You know what I mean? That, yeah. that dude walked away from that contract from Comedy Central and moved to Africa. Like yeah. I'm like, if that motherfucker can't figure out the balance. Yeah, no, it's <sighs> it's it's interesting because um it's just it's just interesting because people just have different people feel different about different stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um I could I could only I could imagine like where I would be at if I would have if I would have kids right now. Honestly, I probably would be like the most efficient me that I could think of. Yeah. Um. But like I could see myself dealing with a lot of that stuff because a lot of times you know you can't help but to bring certain shit home and yeah. retail is stressful and it's like you you want to you want to be done with the day when you're done at the, at the end of the day. Yeah. It's kind of hard. When I think about a single parent, and then I think about, hey, I don't know how single parents do it um, because it's just so fucking hard to raise yeah. a kid. And when I come home and I've had a shitty day, or when my wife does, like there's that other person there to like absorb some of that, you yeah. know, stuff. And then I think about being a single parent and trying to run a business. <sighs> I don't know. You, your, your kids, will just be like last like you won't even be able to have a relation. I don't know how you could have a relationship with your kids, really. Yeah. And I just like like my heart goes out to like people that have to raise kids by themselves um because what a fucking grind that has got to be. Yeah. And I think you don't often have the luxury to like choose the kind of parent you want to be. You're like I'm the I'm the only parent that I can be, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I think it's a, I, I can 100% agree with what you just said, but then at the same time, like, I think in a lot of ways, I, I wonder overall, like, how that affects the children. I think more or less the children are affected from not having that balance of both parents. Right. Um, But then also, like, I, I would try to look at, like, maybe some of the, like, the positive benefits from that, like, where people, see, like, you know, kids that see, like, you know, like, my mom or my dad worked their asses off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like to really show what it yeah, is to yeah, work yeah. hard. Yeah. And and you know, it was nights where, you know, we didn't get to she didn't get to like put us to bed or, you know, we had to stay the night at grandma's maybe once a week or this or that. But, you know, we never went without. We and right. so like I think it could have some I think it could have some positive reinforcements as well. Oh, but, no doubt. You know, I, it's definitely some some like detrimental uh, qualities that come along with that, but I I just think it's it's all about like what you show, like what you show, like what the kids see, and at that point, it's 
it's only you. Like you were saying, like you don't have that ability to be the type of parent that you want to be. Like you're the type of parent that you have to be. Like right. so sometimes like you'll come home frustrated and like, you know. Yeah, you yell at a kid and you're like, you're yelling at the kid because of nothing that they did. Mm-hmm. You're yelling at them because of the shitty day you had. And it's like, I mean, I you know, my wife and I do it. And like, I think I just think about it all the time of like, I can be like, hey, um, you should go apologize because you, and she could be like, fuck, you're right. And vice versa, yeah. she's like, you like you need to take a step back because you're being irrational right now. And like having that, I just feel my heart goes out to like single yeah. parents, like because I, we're making mistakes with two people. You know, I can't imagine the mistakes that you, you make, make with one people with one, one person, person. Yeah, one. You know, people. yeah, with one people. I think polygamy. Ultimately, what I'm saying is, you gotta have <laughs> a couple sister wives. Yeah, that that's is. what I want to end it on is, and and I'm putting the call out there, ladies. If you're looking, <laughs> this is the call to action. Small business owner right here, Justin Harris. He's looking, and hey, I'm looking too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we could do like a commune. You know, do a Jordan Phoenix show commune. We yeah. could raise beautiful little mixed babies together. You know, like we, they won't really know if they're yours or mine. You know. Oh, that's good. I'm yeah. I'm looking. How do you feel today? Yeah. What do you feel like your father? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We could, dude. I think we might be onto something. It takes a village, you know. It does. So we'll just create a village. (laughs) Just create one (laughs) by a plot Uh, out here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I I could do it here. We got a third floor. (laughs) I'll go show you the bed up there. Let me know what you think. Um, dude. Thank you again for being here um i okay the last like five or six pod like every podcast that i do i'm like this was the best one you i think are the best one but i'm i felt that way the last one Mm -hmm. and i felt that way the last one they just keep getting better and better i'll take it to the next one dude let's i'm just i'm just so thankful like i'm just thankful for this medium you know Mm -hmm. because like we had a cool conversation, like standing up surrounded by a bunch of people. But like this gave me like a non creepy way to be like, Hey, come in my basement <laughs> for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like, and catch up with you. Like it just like forces me to make time to like hang out with people that I genuinely want to, f- I'm not making any money doing this shit. Uh, yeah. I'm still looking for sponsors. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, a reason to just like reconnect with people is so fucking great. Um, so thank you again for being here, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Um, really appreciate it. What's what's the Instagram handle? What do you got? Uh, St. Louis Hop Shop, all spelled out. So St. Louis Hop Shop on S- the IG. Yeah, S A I N T L O U S. And what are we? What what could people expect to see? We got some beer picks. We got some. We got beer picks. We got some videos. Like uh, it's just kind of keep you abreast of what we got going on in the store, be it events. Um tastings, uh, different things, like different uh, stuff that we're participating in throughout the city. Uh, we'd like to have fun on our IG as well. So it's like some cool videos, Christmas videos should be popping up here. So uh, what, what can any, what do you guys have any, like, you want to like plug anything, any like cool shit happening in the next, this won't be out for like two weeks. So, oh yeah. So, uh, so after Christmas, we're really, uh, this year we're really like focusing on like dry January. So actually just got a whole nother cooler. We're decking out for like all non-alcoholic stuff. So like oh, shit. all your Cobra coffee, kombucha, and like majority of the majority of the brands and products that we'll carry in are all like locally made. So like I got like two or three local kombucha, uh, producers, some, uh, uh can like Cobra coffee, CBD drinks, Salsa water. Damn, dude, that's because everybody's trying to get healthy. Yeah, it's dry. 
God, that's why that's so, why the hop shop is never going to be out yeah, of business. You're so fucking thinking about it. We'll be it. doing some like mocktail events and all of that. Dude, have you tried any? I, I'm getting uh, direct targeted these like um, these spirits that don't have any alcohol. Bro, somebody just came into the store and was telling me about it. So like we we started carrying. It's a local. Uh, it's a local uh, craft beer craft brewery called uh, Well Being. Dude, Well Being is incredible. So far, fuck. So far, and so uh, so we have people that like literally only come to the store for well-being they'll come in and buy like a case and roll out yeah until the next time and uh one of the guys that's that comes in a lot for well-being he was telling me like you know he had been sober for like 20 years and uh he was telling me about these non-alcoholic like spirits spirits right and i was like dude it's like i never i never seen that before yeah. you know what i mean I'm, so i want to get go buy me some and i'll buy it from you uh you got to get get like a just you know you do the legwork and I'll come get some shit cuz yeah I want I'm I'm actually like looking into it I know like uh the one he was showing me was some stuff on like Amazon but like uh I want to I want to look into it and see what's available here right. I mean it's non-alcoholic so like it shouldn't be that much red tape to get it into the store right I just yeah I can't imagine what drinking a co- like that's the whole thing is like you're making cocktails you're making like where like the alcohol is the star of the show you know <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine what it tastes like but Sounds fun. And also, let's be honest, after like two or three drinks, can you really taste the alcohol anyway? It's no. more about the, you know, like bartenders, like when somebody's had too much, they just like, you know, fill it up with soda and then put a little splash on the top of alcohol, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's all we need. Yeah. That's funny. It's more, at, yeah, social at that point, just of like, and you're just like doing it and you're out, and, you know? Yeah, you're just enjoying the moment, you know? Damn, dude, dry January. All right, go to the hop shop, dry January, buy some well-being, buy some fucking kombucha. Yep. Thanks again, dude. Thanks for having me. We're going to do the outro. See you next week.